Hello, and welcome to the Neff Canyon Ward podcast. My name is Tyler Slade, and I'm excited to bring you all the cool people of our neighborhood and ward. The goal of this podcast is for all of us to get to know each other better, to create unity through sharing our experiences with others in the gospel. All right, we're here with the Fredericks. Which Fredericks, you ask? <laughs> well, we've already done Tom and Barbara, so now... We have Nate and Natalie Frederick, and we're excited to be here in this beautiful house. And I'm trying to figure out uh, how many kids do you guys have? We have seven. Seven kids, and you have a, this clean of a house. Like, I do not understand this. A one in a hundred chance. <laughs> and you happen to come And Nate is not taking any credit for it. None. But it's so good to be here. Thank you for agreeing, even though we might not have been clear on what this was about. <laughs> We're excited to, uh, to be able to get you on here and talk a little bit about it. So, so um, if you don't mind, we'll start with Natalie. Natalie, tell us a little bit about where you're from, a little bit sure. about your, your, your early years. Okay. I grew up in Ogden. Okay. And I lived there my whole life until I moved out at 18 to go to BYU. So I moved down to Provo and lived with my sister and a cousin and had a great time. So I graduated from BYU in business and then I came to the U to do a master's in business and graduated from there and then got a job doing pharmaceutical sales with Pfizer and moved back to Provo and was working there when I met Nate. Wait a minute. Pfizer, Pharmacut, what? Yes. Maybe we need to do a switch here. Let you be the, the work. Oh, no. no. <laughs> what drugs were you selling at the time? Mostly their cardiovascular profile. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything in Provo. She was doing everything everywhere. Oh. So I ran into her somewhere. Yeah. But is that it? No, it's not it. So you went to high school at where? Bonneville High School. Bonneville. First uh, female senior class president in school history. Awesome. Yeah. So. (laughs) I actually wasn't. (laughs) You weren't? (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Something like that. Did you do some sports? Yeah, I played volleyball, softball. So. Awesome. Okay, so then you go to BYU and um, study business. Yep. All right. So then where did you run into Nate? Well, do you want the full story? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I had some friends that lived here in the neighborhood from when I was at the U. And they were a couple years older than I was. And apparently there was a really cute Sunday school teacher at the local singles ward over there on Oakview. Okay. So they called me and said, he's too young for us, but we think you should come and meet him. So I went to my ward that morning in Provo. And then on the way up to my parents for Sunday dinner, I thought I'll just stop in for Sunday school and meet this cute Sunday school teacher. But he was sick and didn't show up that day. So people are, wait, people wait, are still thinking about Nate? No, no, that's the thing. Okay. People still it think she's not. talking about me. It's not me. Yeah. yeah. She's talking about a different man right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> really, really handsome young man. I never really got clarity on who it was. Because <laughs> in walked Nate into the Sunday school class while I was waiting for the Sunday school teacher. Oh, and I turned to my friends and said, this must be him. 
Uh-huh. And they said, we don't know who that is. Because he was up at Utah State, so he wasn't attending the ward. But he was home for the weekend, so he popped in. So we know, I noticed him, thought he was really cute. But then I had a Sunday dinner to get to. So I was on my way out of the building, and he kind of flagged me down. He kind of yelled the full length of the church hallway, hey! <laughs> and... I turned around. Oh, hi. And he said, can you, do you know where the elders quorum room is? Really? <laughs> that was the line. <laughs> but I was just happy this cute guy was talking to me. So I was like, oh, I don't, but I'll help you find it. I don't know where it is. This is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and 10 minutes later, we're making out the elders quorum room. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Or that was your hope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So he got my number. He did say, wow, you're old. Because <laughs> well, I was, no, compared no. to the freshman girls at Utah State, I was had a full-time job. I'd graduated from school. Okay. So I was okay. feeling a little bit. You were dialed in. Yeah. Yeah. And a few weeks later, he asked me how much money I made a year. So <laughs> he was still a student. So it was kind of the way I He's, got his attention. Okay. Attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that definitely did. So, so Nate, um, obviously a lot of the ward probably knows your, you know, a little bit of your history, but not everybody. That's what I'm learning. There's a lot of people that are like, wow, I didn't know that. So just tell everybody where, how you fit in. Sure. Well, um, I think I, well, I was born in Utah. Um, I'm the ninth of 11 kids to Tom and Barbara. I'm the, there's five boys and there's six girls, and I'm kind of smushed between three older sisters and one younger sister, um, which I attribute my feminine characteristics to, like scrapbooking. He is wearing and, a pink hat as well. Yeah, and, and a baby blue jacket. And a baby blue jacket. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually a pretty good look. Thank you. He um, And um, I grew up next door, so 40, 4169 Parkview Drive. Uh, our phone number was 801-278-7810. I don't know if that still exists. Still have it. Yeah, still have it. So um, had incredible memories growing up there and uh, being a member of the ward. Lots of people that are still in the ward were um, really vital roles in my life growing up and helping me to um, tr- try and pay attention and feel the spirit and gain a testimony and, and do those things. And so um, growing up, I really kind of, one of the things that I really loved doing was sports, all sports. When you're, when you're one of 11 kids, you spend a lot of time outside. Um, and so we would yeah. run around and play sports and do those things. And I, you know, I look at it as a blessing that I didn't feel like when we grew up that we had access to money. Yeah. And so we were just playing a lot. Um, and kind of going to school and, and doing that. So football was really important too. I loved playing football and that's why I went to Utah State to play football. Was up there. I went on a mission after high school, but back then you had to be 19. So I was young for my age. So you played football at Skyline. Skyline. Then you went up to Utah State. Yeah, for, uh, you know, actually I sat out 
they had me gray shirt because they knew I was going on a mission. Yeah. So I coached little league football, seventh graders. That was kind of a fun year. We uh, went to the championship that year. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then I went on my mission. I mean, then I went up there for a semester, played spring ball, and left. Went to Uruguay, came home, played football, went to Utah State for about three and a half years. And then I was at home on a weekend, and I went to my singles ward um, that I was assigned to. That you didn't know where the room was. <laughs> exactly. I didn't uh, know where the room was. Are you believing this, Gary? Worried. No. I was Here's worried. the thing. Okay. So I went. So I did. I noticed her. And I, I knew there weren't any seats. She was front row. Yeah. She had curly hair, green dress, green skirt. Um, and there weren't any seats by her. So I was, you know, I wanted to act really confident. So I just went to the other class, actually. I didn't even stay in the class. I thought I'll talk to her after. But she kept being spoken to by all the other boys. And so there wasn't really an opportunity to talk to her the entire time. So I, you know, spiritual, the spiritual side of me kind of dominated. So I went into sacrament meeting. And I was like, I'm going to go prepare for sacrament meeting and not focus on worldly things. Um, but for some reason, I was like, ah, right before it started, I'm like, I'm going to walk out again and see if she's available. And she was talking to another group of boys about a party that she was at the night before. Um, so she was living in Provo, but she was talking to these boys about the party that they were at together the night before. Anyways, so I walk down the hall, and I get a drink of water so, I act, so that people think that I actually did something rather than go outside just to see if she was available. And as I'm walking back, she had finished, and she walks past me. And it's just coincidentally. Just coincidentally. The moment yeah. is right. And so... <laughs> I um, I didn't know that this could be a training class for the youth, <laughs> yeah. and especially the young men. Yeah, well, just so you know, I had already checked it out. It was her, impressive, I have to admit. I had already checked out her profile on Facebook, so I knew yeah. like her favorite things that she liked, her hobbies, yeah. her colors, yeah. this you is know, good. her siblings, all that, all that stuff, yeah. <laughs> None of that's true, though. Just so you know. yeah, it was back in the day when I didn't even have a smartphone. Yeah, I, I, Nokia. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're young, but I don't think you're that young. Um, so as we're walking by the hall, our eyes meet, sparks fly, motions around high, and I say, hey, and we keep walking past each other. True. <laughs> really? This yeah. is the first pass. <laughs> oh, and, and literally, like, kind of all that happens. Hey. <laughs> so you set this thing up perfectly, and then on the first, you just swing and miss. Just, <laughs> I mean, I don't even swing. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> Right? Okay. So then I turn around and I catch, like, she was preparing to run a marathon. And so I remember looking back and be like, she's got really nice calves. Is and this podcast appropriate? <laughs> yes, <don't> absolutely. <laughs> so, <far. Okay. laughs> so that's when I yelled down the hall. Because now she's, yeah. you know, a good 30 yards down the hall. Because you had this huge worry about where the priesthood room was. Exactly. Yes. She had actually made the bend at the hall. So I actually had to go down and make the bend and then yell yeah. down the hall. Yeah. And, I, and I, when I yelled, hey, I didn't know anything that I was going to say. Sure. So uh, the elder quorum thing came up. That's beautiful. And there yeah. was something like, I left my scooter key. <laughs> something about a scooter something key. Something about a scooter and a key. And I saw right through it, but I was just happy it was talking to me. Yeah. So I just bit the bait. 
and here's the thing, right? Like, sometimes it's okay to say mistruths. Well, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so we start talking. Well, here's the best part. And she goes, hey, is your brother Tom? <laughs> like, and I have a brother. My oldest brother's name is Tom, just okay. so everybody knows. Okay. But my best friend was named Tom Schrieber. <laughs> okay. For some reason, I was like, she thinks Tom Schrieber's my brother? <laughs> and I was like, uh, no. So he, she definitely has you spinning. Oh, You spinning. are not thinking straight. And then literally, I'm like, no. Wait, yeah, I actually have a brother. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, it was so bad. And then, and then I was like, "Where do you live?" And she's like, "Provo." And I was, I don't know why. First thing came out, I would never go to Provo to hang out. Also true. <laughs> and then she gave me her number, so we went on a date the next night. I knew right away that How she long was going. Natalie, I'm really quick. I had In my journal. In my journal, pretty quick, I was said. Was pretty quick? I could really see this going somewhere. Yeah. I would say within the first. She says that, but I had to like put the pressure on to say, if you're not in this to win this, yeah. we should break up. <laughs> and then a few months later, I had to do the same thing to him. So it was a good, it was <laughs> a good match. <laughs> you, you dropped the hammer on him. Yeah. See, it goes around, comes around. Yeah. And yeah, then what right. did you do? We, the same we, thing your dad did when your mom had said, hey, Let's go. What did Tom do? He said, put a ring on it, didn't he? Yeah. Put a ring on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Natalie was probably a little bit more like, if you're going to put a ring on it, this is exactly the ring that I want. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been thinking about the design, yeah. and this is what yeah. I've wanted. Right? <laughs> so it's a little easier bit longer. <laughs> yeah. So I had to figure out how to get that and yeah. make that happen as yeah. a college student. Yeah. But I did it. <laughs> Fantastic. Tell, tell about your, your parents coming by our house. Oh, yes. So when we met, my parents had a mission call to go serve in New Zealand okay. as mission leaders. And so they had a little bit of, I was almost 24. So they were feeling a little apprehensive leaving with me single. And so it was such a blessing. They... In fact, at the airport, my mom said to Nate in his ear, she gave him a hug. We'd only been dating like six weeks. And she said, Nate, you're our greatest mission blessing. Oh, <laughs> and they hadn't wow. even left yet. And we weren't <laughs> but they were just thrilled that I met Nate right before. So we weren't engaged yet. But we mm -hmm. talked a little bit so about getting married. Yeah. So, well, they well, stopped by the house on their way to the MTC so they could meet the family. Because yeah. they oh, thought they something knew. might be going on. And they said it. It reminded them of the sound of music where they yeah. looked out and there were kids climbing on all the trees <laughs> and in the fence. And <laughs> yeah, we were having so a family they, dinner that yeah, day. Yeah, so. Just a couple of you there, amazing. I'm sure. But it was so nice they could yeah. make that connection before they left. Wow. That's so. fantastic. And that was yeah. how many years ago? That was um, 2005. This is always a test, and he did okay. Mm -hmm. He passed. 2005. Yeah. All right. So I don't know if anybody has ever had. Uh, if anybody else listening has had this experience, but when I called her parents to ask if I could marry Natalie, her, her sister. You didn't text them, right? I didn't text them. <laughs> okay, good. That's something we yeah, didn't get straight. It was good. Um, they were really good, but her little sister Marie was on the phone at the same time. So it was like a whole family outing. <laughs> it was a speaker phone. It was, we were all doing it together. Oh. 
So it was great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Were they in New Zealand? They're in New Zealand. Yep. I guess that's why you couldn't go and knock on the door. <laughs> yes. Yep. Okay, this makes more sense. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you're on the mission. When I met her dad, he looked like he was her brother. Cause, and so I was really confused when the first time I went and took her on a date up at her house. Sure. He, he, everybody called him Peter Pan because um, he never looked like he grew old. <laughs> and uh, he, I, so when I met her family, they took me horseback riding. He, um, I think we even had family meeting that night. Um, we shared some songs from Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. And we felt a real connection. So wait, 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 wait. They still like you? I mean, they, they don't. Like I would say you. I'm probably out of three brothers. Yeah, where do you rank three. on the total? No. Probably three. You're, it's That's, a tie for first. You guys too. are all great. Tie for first, yeah. I secretly think you're the favorite. <gasps> That's a big deal. Yeah. So tell us, Nate, a little bit about uh, what do you do for a living? Now we can't share that with my family. <laughs> this podcast, we can't send it out. <laughs> yeah, you can. It creates. That's the line that she doesn't want her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might get worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just in case other people in the ward or neighborhood need you know help with whatever you do for a living, you just you know want you to tell them what you do. Yeah. <laughs> so I. I uh, when I was at Utah State, you know, since they paid for my tuition, I was up there during the summers as well. So I, um, I did a lot of credits. I got a, my um, majors were in accounting and finance. I was a class away from getting an economic major. And I remember I called my brother, Jared, and he was like, don't do it. People are going to think you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, with a, and then I had a Spanish minor with an international business minor just because I could take all these classes, sure. right? I got a letter from the, the, the Utah State University saying, if you don't graduate this next semester, we're gonna stop paying for your school because I had so many credits. Mm-hmm. Um, but so after, after school, um, me and Natalie met, <clears throat> we got married December and I had one class pretty much left. And so I took it online, we moved down to Salt Lake. Um, and then I went off we went off to a year later and we went to graduate school and I did kind of a master in real estate development and an MBA. And it was 2000, we were there 2007 to 2009. We thought we had some really fun opportunities that were kind of lining up and then the recession yeah. kind of happened and there wasn't many opportunities. And so um, my dad, my parents were serving a mission in Scotland and my three brothers were kind of running Wesco. And I think my dad kind of called them and whispered in their ear and said, hey, I know a graduate that needs a job. And maybe you guys should think about offering him a job. So uh, they came out to New York City. We met in New York City more because they wanted to go on a trip. But we met them there and, and they said, hey, why don't you come work at Wesco and, and let's think about if there's a way to tie in some real estate opportunities. So we, we, I've been working at Wesco um, my dad's company since 2009, um, and the real estate thing's working out, isn't it? We've been we've been dabbling in some real estate as well, yeah. So that's what we do. So is that where you put more of your focus is in the real estate stuff? Um, I think it just depends on on the week. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's cool. 
Yeah. Awesome. That's cool. It's um, a great opportunity. Yeah. Lucky. Maybe transition a little bit, Natalie. Um, tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey. And when I say that, you know, when, how did your testimony come to be? Like, did you have a, a moment in time, an experience, or was it a gradual growth? Probably all of the above, but share a little bit about your spiritual journey. Okay. I, I probably am an example of the sun rising mm-hmm. metaphor. Yeah. I just always loved the gospel. I was lucky to have parents who taught me from a young age and really fostered that learning. And, and I always really loved it and enjoyed it. And so I would say it came slowly but surely. And, and I'm just so grateful. So you were baptized at eight. Mm-hmm. So uh, how many in your family? I'm one of five. One of five. Yep. And it was just the sun coming up. Yep. Any Tom? Did you or you have a comment? Well, it sounds like you have an amazing family. I think that helps the sun come up. It does. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, she has amazing parents and siblings. So do you mm-hmm. serve at the same time on missions? Uh, Carl, Carl and Lynette went a year ahead of us. So yeah. did you wait to get married? For so you just got married. Mm-hmm. No, no parents. So my dad. Well, they uh, were. Home. We were still here. Yeah. Okay. It was just no, that we first were still year here. before. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but we had when we had Grace, both our parents were gone on their missions. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it was. Yeah. It was. And we Grace in this ward. Yeah. 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 You, I have notes from. Sue were you living in? Yeah. The, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I, I think one of the things that that is really admirable about Natalie and her family is Natalie has such deep respect and admiration of her parents and and her siblings, but her parents, she cares so much about. And so I've had many of my siblings say, you know, how has Carl and Lynette fostered that relationship where Natalie admires them and listens to them and heeds their counsel so well. And so, That'd be kind of a question that I would put towards to you, Nat. Uh, I've thought about it just as a parent because I think that's true. I do really love and admire my parents and always really respected their opinion and counsel, even I would think as a teenager, Yeah, within reason. To a teenager, I would say that means to 15 years into our marriage. (laughs) If her parents say something, it's like, Yes, parents. And I'm getting you know. better at that. But but I I think they were always very kind to us as kids. I think they treated us with a lot of respect and love. And so a lot of the loyalty I feel is from being treated so well by them. Yeah. I think it's easy as parents sometimes to discount your kids or get flippant or snappy. And I think they really did parent with love and they were still firm, but a lot of love and a lot of respect towards us. And then also a huge commitment of time and priority, even though they were busy, I feel that they were always their first place was in the home and their first place was with us as kids and everything else came second. So I imagine 
Well, I don't imagine I know that's how you're raising your kids now because, you know, Nate's up on the stand and I <laughs> look over and watch what you're trying to wrestle during sacrament meeting and it just touches my heart to see Natalie just go one by one and grab them and grab a puzzle or read a book. And so this rings really true to me and it makes a lot of sense. Um, the love and the patience and the one-on-one the -on -one interaction with each kid. I mean, uh, it, well, they're very well behaved. You know, we sit behind Yes. No. Depending on, I know some listeners might remember either. remember the noodles I, I brought a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> they were being swung like lassos. And I think we might have had a fist fight over Legos a few years ago, but. <laughs> I keep waiting for that <laughs> lash out from mom, mama bear. And it's not happening. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Nate, what about uh, how about your conversion story? And maybe share your journey. Yeah, I've been um, just abundantly blessed in my life. Um, first off, to have parents who are so dedicated to the gospel, who both, you know, converted to the gospel and maintained such deep devotion and commitment always to the gospel um, and it was felt right um, it was something that you grew up and you knew was part of what you belonged to and did and being the ninth of 11 kids you were able to look up to your brothers and sisters that you cared so much about watch them go on missions um, watch the influence of your parents as uh, they serve in their callings, and um, I just, I just knew that I, I just knew it deep down, and it just took time to maybe manifest itself in better ways uh, as I grew older, and it took maturity for me to recognize the spirit a little bit more and put the time in that was needed to you know, manifest that, that testimony that was fostered at home. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the, a lot of my really spiritual experiences started as I prepared to serve a mission and then on my mission is when so much of um, kind of what was inside of me started to come out, I feel like. Um, and I remember I had an experience when I was at college and I had been recruited by some coaches and by the time I got up there in the spring because I had delayed, it was a whole new coaching staff and, and um, they were kind of cleaning out the recruits. And we went through spring ball and they sat me down at the end of spring ball and they were actually really excited about what it had done and they said, we're excited for this, this fall. We think you're gonna have some great opportunities. And I said, Wow, I'm going to go on a mission. Mm. And they said to me, well, and I was actually in the process of putting my papers in. I, I was going to get my call in a couple weeks. And uh, I remember him saying to me, well, if you, if you go on a mission, we're going to take away your scholarship. And that was kind of the first time where I was confronted with wanting to, having to make a decision on how important the gospel was to me. To, when I had something temporally that I cared about so much, I had defined myself with football 
I'd, you know, identified with that for a long time. And so I remember being super naive and uh, going for a jog. And just this was weighing on my mind. And I thought, you know what, I need to, I need to, I need to say a prayer. And being naive, I thought, you know, I'm going to go to a church and I'm going to pray inside of the church because it will be more powerful if I, if I pray in the church. So I remember I was running along on the northern side of the cemetery up there at Utah State, and I tried to get in the church. All the doors were locked. So there was this kind of picnic bench, and I said, I'm going to kneel between the picnic bench, and I'm going to literally kneel down, and I'm going to put my hand on the church. <laughs> And say prayer. Yes. And uh, I had a revelatory experience um, for someone who was, you know, pretty immature. Um, And God told me, uh, you are called to serve my people. And uh, I remember it was just the first time I had really um, interacted on an individual level with, with God. And he spoke to me and, um, I was committed. So I went in and told my coaches I was going on a mission and they told me, okay, well, we're sad to hear that. We're going to take your scholarship. And a couple weeks later, I got my mission called to Uruguay and, um, the semester was ending and I did like final checkout thinking that I was going to be done. And they came to me and said, we've decided to hold it for you. <laughs> and they were blessing <laughs> Yep, exactly. So and then my mission was amazing. The most incredible growing experience of my life. Foundation for so much. And that's why every young man needs to serve a mission. The transformative power of focusing on that is incredible. That's absolutely uh, fantastic. And, I'd be remiss not to identify the spirit right now because, you know, we certainly feel it right now. Um, it is so fun to identify God's hand in our life, right? And it's amazing how young we can be and still make those connections and how powerful that can be. Mm-hmm. Any trials of your faith? so far in your life? Do I start? Either one of you. Um, it's okay if you don't. Just wondering. I've truly never had a doubt about um, the truthfulness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, um, I recognize that I make so many mistakes and that I am continually needing to repent and be better every day. And so I hope that I try and give any individual in the church or person that's a, a representative of the church the benefit of the, of the doubt as well, because none of us are perfect. And I don't have any any questions about the, the pure doctrine of Jesus Christ. Anything for you, Natalie? I'm just thinking, I think I've seen the fruits of the gospel so clearly 
based on my faithfulness over the years that, I mean, what degree of faithfulness sure. I'm living. And it's just so correlated to if I'm reading my scriptures, if I'm praying, if I'm fasting, if I'm doing the things I feel I should do, then I feel the Spirit to that measure. And it seems so clear yeah. that yeah. that's helped me over the years. So I, I wouldn't say I've necessarily... I love that. Okay. We have a, a handful, quite a few now, of young families in the ward that are all trying to raise kids in the gospel, me being one of them. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, do's and don'ts, things that have worked, things, you know, just maybe advice, best practices that others might say, hey, that's a good idea. Any, any thoughts in that area of raising kids in the gospel? I mean, you touched on it earlier, but... That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I think about um, one of the blessings that I had growing up was being part of a family that you had parents that you saw put the gospel first uh, in your life, in their life. My dad was working incredible hours. I mean, he was traveling most weeks during the week. Um, but he was always fulfilling his, his callings with church. Uh, and he was at your, you know, he's at your games. And so seeing the importance, just kind of like Natalie put, letting your kids know how important that is just through their just through their actions for me that was empowering and then having siblings who I looked up to so much do those things as well you know and, and I'd be remiss to say that it's not you know those things are so important but I think of the leaders that interact with you at church um, the 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 Bruce Mahoney's that, you know, take you camping once a month, right? And uh, hike Mount Olympus in the middle of the winter with you. You know that they care about you, right? And because they care about you, you care about what they are telling you. Sure. Um, and then with, with our kids, I feel like um, growing up, I always felt like I was a little bit nervous of repentance. Um, feeling like it was maybe sometimes taboo. Maybe going to church and thinking, oh, you know, who's not going to take the sacrament, right? Whereas today, I'm. it's something that we talk about a lot with our kids. Um, it's part of our Frederick family motto, is that we will, you know, forgive and ask for forgiveness often. And I just think um, letting your kids know that we don't expect perfection, but we do want you to ask for forgiveness. Love that. Anything to add on that, Natalie? Well, the older I get and the more experience I have parenting, the more grace you want to give every parent out there. 
yeah. and yourself because it's intimidating. And I think it's the people you love the most in the whole world. Well, you didn't read the book on how to parent? <laughs> oh, I've read so many books. <laughs> um, <laughs> but every time we have a real problem, Nate always swoops in and saves the day. And the parenting books do nothing. But um, So I think it's it's almost tough to talk about because it's a little bit hard to ever take credit for the good things because yeah. sometimes you're just grateful that the kids are doing it and sure. they're using their agency that way. But that being said, I think just from my limited experience, I would say it's a combination in my mind of having a really great relationship with the kids to where they love you and trust you and want to come to you and enjoy being with you. And then also teaching them the gospel and helping them feel the spirit. And, and I feel like as they meet challenges, half the time it's their testimony that helps them and half the time it's their relationship with you that gets them through saying no to things their friends are doing or, and, and I think it's, it's both of those things that, will really like sink in their hearts, the relationship and teaching the truths of the gospel. And then maybe like on a more non-gospel level, I'm learning that it's a lot easier to have tighter rules and then relax them a little than it is to give somebody a lot of freedom and then try and rein them in. Hmm. So I'm just grateful That's for hilarious. some of the things That's that... That's a good thought. Like, we have kids that love to be social, and I would credit Nate for kind of setting some boundaries on when they can go and how often and some of those things. And it's really helpful because they know the expectation. And then when they want to go more and more and more, you kind of already have it in place. And we're lucky to have so many great kids in the neighborhood and so many awesome friends to our kids that I appreciate so much and am so blessed, blessed and grateful. But I also feel like somewhat limiting the, how close they are to their friends to where they don't care more about what their friends think than their family. Well, and then it's a huge blessing to have grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and neighbors. And you're just so grateful for the village. I'm just so grateful for our ward and neighborhood family. So Love that. Tom, you have the unique perspective of being the father and father-in-law. What would you say about Nate and Natalie? Um, Where they're winning? Yeah, I would. I would say that uh, Barbara and I, probably in most every prayer, are thanking our heavenly Father for wonderful children who are trying to raise their children uh, in a way that they will come to know and understand the truth of the gospel. And what a huge blessing that is to us. And uh, I, I, may I think maybe it leads to a good reason for parents to raise good children because it makes their life a lot more pleasant as they get older. And Barbara and I have much joy in our posterity. Tonight we're going to, to Jared's house, one of our granddaughters opening a mission call. You know, those are experiences that are are real treasures, and we have that going on uh, quite often. It's fantastic. 
Any other thoughts, Gary? Before I ask him? Well, when we moved it to Ward, I think we need Max's age. <clears throat> so it's been fun to see you grow up. Yeah, we're so proud of it. He's doing such a great job. And Natalie, uh, can I just say that I knew she was an athlete? Because, <laughs> did you play baseball? I played softball in high school. She can throw a ball <laughs> harder, I'll bet, than anybody I know. And I've never been hit harder in my life in a dodgeball. Oh. <laughs> when Natalie <laughs> nailed me. And awesome. Oh but, uh, I knew this must have been before my children. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun that you, you were in the ward and then moved out, right? Yeah. And so it was so fun that you would move back yeah. to the ward. It was really blessed to have you guys. We look up to Thanks. you. Yeah, well. Thank you, family. And I mean, I think about what Gary and Sue, <clears throat> they, they only had it for a short time, but that primary class that they taught, Max was part of. I mean, the, the Hansons already te testified of it, but the way that they impacted those kids and the way that what you're, you're doing as an eldest corps presidency with these, I mean, mm -hmm. it truly is a village. And, and I think so many times, there were so many times that I made choices that were the right choice that I don't know how I had the strength sometimes to make those choices. Sure. And I look back and I say, how did I do that? Um, and I can just say that the Lord, the Lord loves um, effort, even if, even if your heart isn't fully in it sometimes. And committing to be at church and trying to read your scriptures and say your prayers. And I know that he is with us as we face those trials and those difficulties to provide that strength to do what's right. Even because Natalie said, sometimes you do it for your parents and sometimes you do it for the gospel and sometimes you don't know why you do it. Mm -hmm. And you look back and you're just so grateful that you made those decisions. Right. And I feel like I love that in sacrament meeting, there's been a little bit of a theme over the last few months of parents being so vulnerable and saying, this has been hard with my kids and this has been hard with my family. Yeah. Because we give our best efforts and that doesn't guarantee that, I mean, it's good to strive towards things and share ideas and that's why I love my parenting books. But at the end of the day, we all just need to give grace to anybody trying to raise kids because it is so challenging. Yeah. And being a great parent doesn't always guarantee your kids will do the things you want them to do. And we're just blessed to be in a community that I feel like is so supportive. You know, I have some uh, memories of Nate, some that aren't so good, <laughs> particularly when he demolished uh, our, our, he sat at the counter and punched holes in our oh. counter when we could hardly afford a counter. Yeah. Uh, but then the one thing that really touched my heart was Daryl Hart was our, our home teacher for several years, and he was a wonderful home teacher. And, and uh, he was kind of asking our kids about what they felt of their parents. <laughs> and, uh, and as Nate says, I was traveling a lot. And Nate mentioned that I was traveling a lot. 
but he said, I know that my dad really loves me. You know, when he's here, he does everything he can. And that helped me as a parent to even want to be a better parent. Uh, sometimes kids forget that complimenting their parents is a wonderful mm -hmm. thing. That's fantastic. So well, we'll, uh, we'll leave you with this last question. Um, and it's one we ask everybody. And uh, the whole, like, one of the reasons we're doing this is we're going to eventually get it attached to our, the church's family history website. So it'll be in your family history. And the purpose of that is a hundred years from now, when we're long gone, your posterity, your great, great, great grandkid is going to listen to this podcast tonight. Think about that. Okay. Now, knowing that, Nate, and then you'll get a chance to answer. What would you want them to know about you? Or what would you want them to understand and feel? You have a chance to talk to them right now. Go for it. Wow. I've listened to the other podcasts, and you've asked that question to them all. So you'd think that I sh would know that. Um, I would want them to know, based on the gospel, this is what I, what I would say, is that um, I have felt no greater peace nor joy in my life than when I am aspiring to live my life and share that life with my wife as we strive to live the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the, the experiences that I've had for four years, that really when it comes down to it, when I think about all the work that we put in to our jobs, all the time we spend on so many other things, um, what truly brings me joy and happiness is the family unit that I'm part of, the relationships that I have, having made the incredible decision to marry Natalie, um, and how blessed I am to have be part of a uh, great parents who are generation changers and, and to carry that carry that on and thinking about talking to my great 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 grandkids I would say nothing else matters in the grand scheme of things than developing a relationship and knowing who God is because it helps you understand your purpose your value your worth and things that matter. And it helps you prioritize and align your life in a way that is um, so much higher than what you could ever do. It's perfect. Natalie, your turn. So I have a friend that's an older gentleman. And 
it's been a little interesting. He's almost 90. <clears throat> and I've gotten to know him over the last few years and seen pretty closely some of the things that are on his mind and some of the challenges he faces and what's meaningful to him at his age. And it truly has changed my whole perspective on certain things, um, on what you really care about after a whole lifetime. And it really gets drilled down pretty small. <laughs> Number one, no question, I would say is family. And I think the best way to bind your family to you is through the gospel. And I think to have that peace at the end of your life of knowing you were honest and kind and worked hard and kind of maybe dedicated a good part of your life to service and paying your tithing. I think what the gospel gives us is maybe like a guidebook for how to be turning 90 and be at peace if you live it. And I think it's, it's just those two things. It's just the family and the gospel. And so translating that into day-to-day -day is the challenge. Right. But, but I, I would just want my posterity to know that that's what's most important and to make those decisions to get there. I love it. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for honestly doing this. This has been great. Absolutely. I've learned a lot. <laughs>